आपूर्यमाणम ऑलवेज फिल्ड अचल प्रतिष्ठम स्टेरिली सिचुएटेड समुद्रम दि ओशन आप वाटर प्रविशंती एंटर यद्वत एज तद्वत सो कामाह डिजायर्स यम अंटू वन प्रविशंती एंटर सर्वे ऑल सह दैट पर्सन शांतिम पीस आपनोती achieves na not kama kami one who desires to fulfill desires translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai Translation a person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean which is ever being filled but is always still can alone achieve peace and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires Please repeat a person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean which is ever being filled but is always still can alone achieve peace and not the man who strives to satisfy such desires purport although the vast ocean is always filled with water it is always especially during the rainy season being filled with much more water but the ocean remains the same steady it is not agitated nor does it cross beyond the limit of its brink that is also true of a person fixed in krishna consciousness as long as one has the material body the demands of the body for sense gratification will continue the devotee however is not disturbed by such desires because of his fullness a krishna conscious man is not in need of anything because the lord fulfills all his material necessities therefore he is like the ocean who always full in himself desires may come to him like the waters of the rivers that flow into the ocean but he is steady in his activities and he is not even slightly disturbed by desires for sense gratification that is the proof of a krishna conscious man one who has lost all inclinations for material sense gratification although the desires are present because he remains satisfied in the transcendental loving service of the lord he can remain steady like the ocean and therefore enjoy full peace 
Others, however, who fulfill desires even up to the limit of liberation, what to speak of material success, never attain peace. The fruitive workers, the salvationists and also the yogis who are after mystic powers are all unhappy because of <coughs> unfulfilled desires. <coughs> but the person in Krishna consciousness is happy in the service of the Lord and he has no desires to be fulfilled. In fact, he does not even desire liberation from the so-called material bondage. The devotees of Krishna have no material desires and therefore they are in perfect peace. It's a very beautiful verse from the Bhagavad Gita. The analogy is also given perfectly. So, a very important word here is Kamakami. You see how it is translated. One who desires to fulfill desires. So, Kama. Kama is desire, material desire for sense gratification. So, what is the difference between a materialist and a spiritualist? It is stated here that a materialist is Kama Kami. Whereas a spiritualist is na kama kami. Kama is common in both. This is important to note. It is not that a spiritualist is not attacked by desires, material desires. The desires come up to the brink of even liberation. Liberation to, to desire to get liberated from this material world is also a desire. Of course, um, apart from that, in the material world, the highest desire is said, Adhirasa, is sex life. All other desires are subordinate to that. But the highest desire to, to come out of even this material life and attain liberation, that is the highest desire and that is also called Kami. One who desires such thing, he is also Kami. That is explained nicely in the Shaitanya Charitamrita. Krishna Bhakta Nishkam Atayeva Shanta Bhukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakali Ashanta Madhulila 19 chapter 149 verse. Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, Krishna Bhakta Nishkam. Krishna Bhakta, a devotee of Krishna, is Nishkam. He does not have any material desire. Atayeva Shanta. Therefore, he is peaceful. Bhukti Mukti Siddhi Kami Sakaliya Shanta. So, there are three kinds of um, people who desire to fulfill desires. Bhukti Kami. Bhukti means ordinary sense gratifiers. They just want to be a materialist. Ordinary karmis. Then there is Siddhi Kami. Those who um, don't want mediocre materialistic life, but they want very grand in a way which is like, they want Siddhis. Yogic Siddhis. So there are Ashta Siddhi. Yogis can 
become perfect a perfect yogi in other words uh, can do eight wonderful things he has eight wonderful mystic powers yoga is not just stretching and you know standing upside down this is not yoga yoga means to attain these mystic powers and they are anima laghima um, prapti ishita vasita uh, what is that kamavasai then um, is actually listed in the bhagavad gita somewhere one finish that is finished anima laghima anima is uh, smaller than the smallest laghima is bigger than the biggest anima laghima prapti mahima ishitva vasitva prakamya yes prakamya kama vasayita are eight uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah. So, let's see actually what are they. The mystic processes of yoga perfection and achieve the power of becoming small like a particle, like an atom. A real yogi can become as small as an atom. Anima Siddhi. You cannot lock up a yogi, a real yogi, because he will come out. Slightest gap, not that he is put behind bars and he cannot come out. <laughs> Actually, there was a Prabhupada was uh, narrating this incident in during British time, British rule of India. So one yogi was captured, and because he was always roaming around naked, so the police captured him and put him behind bars. And next morning he will not be there, and nothing, no, the jail is not even tampered with, the door. Three times they tried. Three times he uh, went away. They did not bother to catch him again. So this is real yogi. <coughs> so anima siddhi. He can become smaller than the smallest. And laghima siddhi. Bigger than the... What is this? Lighter than a soft feather. Oh, that is mahima. Bigger than the biggest. And laghima. Softer than a feather. So they can walk on water. Hmm. Uh, then Praptisiddhi, they do not have to get anything and everything from anywhere and everywhere. Uh, because sitting in one place, they can get anything. Like Prabhupada is explaining that he himself saw personally that a person, um, he went with his father to a person, that person was a yogi. So, He was sitting and Prabhupada was, uh, I think, a small boy or young boy, maybe in the teenage, something, I do not remember very well. His father was there and some few other people were there. So, one person in the room challenged that man, uh, you say you have Prapti Siddhi, uh, I want, the, what is that, uh, what, leaf, so, I don't know, whether fruit or leaf or something, from Afghanistan. It is famous. I do not know what it is. I don't know if it was mango or... I don't know if mangoes are you know, grown in Afghanistan. But anyway, so he wanted a fruit from Afghanistan. So he um, closed his eyes and said, okay, now it is in the next room. And then he went to the other room. There was fresh leaves. The branch, it, the branches, the branch was broken, fresh. And this could not be gotten anywhere near. Really from there. 
So this prapti siddhi. They can get anything from anywhere. In fact, it is said, then they can touch the moon also with their hand. Hmm. So much now India is what? Chandrayaan mission. They are wanting to go to the Chandra moon. So one, uh, what is this uh, machine they have sent? As far as we know, it cannot go. <laughs> I don't know how they are hoodwinking everybody. But uh, they don't even have an idea of where the moon is. According to Vedic scriptures, the moon is even farther than the sun. So, that's debatable. Very controversial. But somehow, uh, every, every country is making the story up that they are going to moon mission and Mars mission. They have no ideas where these planets are even. So anyway, so there is Prapti Siddhi, then Mahima to become heavier than the heaviest. They become as heavy as the mountain. There is an example of this in the Mahabharat, where uh, Hanuman was lying down and Bhima was going on. So Hanuman was lying down on the ground, crossing the, completely covering the path. And Bhima tried to, because he asked the old oh, monkey, what are you doing? Move aside, I need to go. Because it is not correct to step over somebody. So he asked the monkey to move. So the monkey said, I am an old monkey. So you move my tail and you can go. So he tried to move Bhima. You know, he has the strength of 10,000 elephants. <laughs> and he tried with his greatest strength. He put everything into it. Not even a millimeter moved. Then he understood who is this monkey. So then, of course, Hanuman revealed himself that he is a servant of Lord Ram. And also, both of them are uh, Vayuputra, and son of the wind god. So, of course, uh, Bhima was very happy to meet his elder brother from another age. You know, he is the Dwapar Yuga, Ram. I mean, Hanuman is from Trita Yuga. You know. So, these are some of the examples. The, Angad, yes. Angad feet could not be uh, lifted. <laughs> the Rakshasa could not even match Angad. What to speak of Sugriva, what to speak of Hanuman, what to speak of Ram, Lakshman. Ravan was no match for even Angad. Angad was son of Vali only. Hmm. To act freely, even to create something wonderful or to annihilate anything at will, Ishitva. So, I think who? Vishwamitra Muni, he created a planet. And also, we have example in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where uh, Kardama Muni, he created a plane, aeroplane, which will travel in all over the universe. And the aeroplane is not like, you know, you are sitting down in a cramped seat and, you know, your head is going this way and that way and you have neck pain after the... <laughs> not this kind of and first class seat business class seat is just a little bit wider and that's it no this was a plane in which there were palaces there were gardens there were lakes there was uh, maid servants everything beautiful all birds everything everything within one capsule and that planet that, that uh, airplane was going everywhere all over the universe they were going Kardamuni and his wife were going sightseeing Enjoying all the gardens of the universe in different different planets, different gardens. They were enjoying like this. Uh, just at will. 
you know where was Karga Muni when he was uh, when the um, who Devahuti he was married to Devahuti their son was uh, Lord Kapila incarnation of Krishna so Devahuti was a princess daughter of Swayambhu Manu very great princess and very beautiful very delicate all only used to royal opulence never had a life of hardship but uh, her father Swamboomanu gave her in marriage to a Muni who was in the forest who had a hut which had holes in it the rain could not be stopped this is the kind of Muni he gave the princess to <laughs> uh, so um, he had no possession Kardamuni but he was so powerful mystic power that he could create such a planet because actually how it was created because after marriage you know he was doing his religious duties and everything and she was assisting him although it was not at all comfortable for her she was trying all her best uh, after after few months he saw her very lean and thin and pale then he took compassion upon her okay fine let's go on some joy ride and he created one plane and he took her so like this and they travel for not just you know like a seven hours flight and you are dying when to get get down you know no <laughs> they went for 100 years 100 years they were going and landing on different different planets different different gardens enjoying their in the plane itself there were gardens and palaces just imagine uh, don't think that you know there were cavemen oh he was sitting under a hut you know useless fellow you know loser in life because he could not make it in uh, the city he ran away and sat in the forest you know loser loafer uh, nothing to do so he just became a Tarzan no this is actual uh, because they value what is actually um, worth pursuing in life they don't waste time there is a nice example of Lomarshamuni you must have heard so Lomarshamuni is a Muni a sage who has one exceptional quality his lifetime is so long usually the person longest lifetime in the universe is Lord Brahma so when he dies the whole universe is also finished the lifetime of the universe is the lifetime of Brahma but this Lomarshamuni got a special benediction by which um, when each uni- when, uh, when a universe you know finishes from creation all the way to the destruction which is about 311 trillion 40 billion years so Brahma dies so when one Brahma dies one hair from his body will fall down like that when all the hairs of his body fall down then he will die this was Lomarshamani he is still there so one time he was um, meditating or uh, chanting Hare Krishna on the bank of a uh, on, not the bank on the beach on the shore of the ocean so he had no he had no cottage nothing it was he was just chanting and it was raining and all that and Narmuni was passing by he said my dear Lomashamani you know why don't you at least make a cottage heat of the sun you know the the rain and everything how are you going to manage you know like this then Lomarshamani said how can I waste time building a cottage 
that time can be used in chanting Hare Krishna. Because his life is so short that uh, if we waste time building a, a hut, that time could have been used for chanting Hare Krishna, that time is lost forever. <laughs> this is one thing. The devotees, they are misers in the when it comes to time. They don't want to spend. Anyhow. They will want to spend only on Krishna Seva. Avyartha Kalatvam. They don't want to waste time. This is the sign of a spiritually advanced person. That's why uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, uh, a devotee must always have a watch. He, he said, if a devotee does not have a watch on him, he is in Maya. <laughs> because he doesn't know how much time he is spending. So he must be conscious of how my time is being used. Uh, so anyway, so Isitva, that is, and he can annihilate anything at will also. So, uh, to control all material elements, Vashitva, uh, that means they can defy the laws of physics, laws of chemistry, they can do many wonderful things. Um, There is a, Prabhupada was mentioning, Prabhupada was mentioning this um, method by which a yogi can create gold. So, alchemic process in which a bell metal can be turned into gold. So, what they do is the yogi he will first take mercury. If ordinary person takes mercury, he will die immediately. But a yogi takes mercury and then keeps it overnight. And next day he urinates on the bell metal and the bell metal will become gold. So this is another. Uh, yes. But, uh, <laughs> so some of the devotees ask Prabhupada, so why not we make like this, I mean, uh, because they do not know the process first. <laughs> so, uh, because Prabhupada said, Diksha Vidhanam, there is a verse also from uh, Haribhakti Vilas. So, there it is said that um, Diksha Vidhan, the initiation process is like a, compared to this process where a yogi can turn bell metal into gold. Similarly, a completely sinful person from in the, uh, by the process of Diksha, initiation, even though he may be sinful before, he can be tamed, turned into gold like devotee. So, the purification. So, the example was given. So, one of the devotees asked Prabhupada. You can see the verse actually. This one. Sanatan Goswami. As bell metal, when mixed with mercury, is transformed into gold, a person, even though not golden pure, can be transformed into a Brahmana or Dvija, 
simply by the initiation process hari bhakti vilas second chapter 12 verse so this is the verse so prabhupad disciples they asked him so why not if there is a process like this that um, you know from mercury bell metal and then make it gold why don't we create that gold why we collect our donations outside and let's create gold and you know build temples like this <laughs> then uh, prabhupad they described the process and they said never mind we will collect donations <laughs> So, uh, this is important. So, Prakamya, possess such power as we will never be frustrated in any desire. That means they can, if they want to do something, they will definitely make it happen. The demigods have this power. This was explained when uh, in Mahabharata. Um, Kunti she received a benediction because she served Durvasamuni and she served when she was a virgin girl so she served Durvasamuni with great attention and uh, respect so Durvasamuni became very pleased with her and said um, he gave her a benediction he gave her a mantra and said you chant this mantra and you can invite any demigod to have sexual union with you at any time you wish so this he gave her so she was an immature girl not married um, then she chanted the mantra just to like out of uh, curiosity out of um, excitement she just wanted to try it out and then she chanted the mantra and invited the sun god and he came then she was horrified because she was not married and if she if her virginity is gone then she will you know nobody will marry her and big social stigma and then all these things so what to do she was horrified so she asked the sun god to go back and sun god said <laughs> we demigods we work differently we will once we have decided to do something we will never take our word back we will never go unfulfilled for the reason we have come so that is prakamya siddhi their desire their uh, attempts will never be a fail uh, in do uh, meet will never meet with failure so then uh, he said uh, all right i can do one thing uh, i must because i have come for this you have called me and he also said this if i go back without fulfilling my mission from for what i came i will be a laughing stock in the heavenly planets so the, you see how much <laughs> the demigods if they if they came for one reason and they did not do it and for some for some reason failed and went back they will be ridiculed and so they will never accept it so he said no i must uh, have sexual union with you but i will restore your virginity back after this so then that's how karna was born this was the story behind karna then to assume any shape or form one may even whimsically desire see kama vasayita siddhi even in fact another part or another aspect of kama vasayita siddhi is also to control other people's minds 
they can influence them uh, just by their yogic power and get them to do something that they desire and also you see they can assume any shape or form one may whimsically one may even whimsically desire this is how we we hear so many times in the they say mythology it is not mythology mythology this was fact these were yogic powers you know when a yogi becomes you know changes his form you know these stories are there in our puranas and all that Hanuman changed his form. Even Indra changed his form. Of course, he used for uh, he used for ulterior motives to have sex with the uh, Gautamuni's wife. He also did that. So, so these things are there. Hmm? Kama vasayata. They can assume any form. Yeah. So all these, even what to speak, even the demons had forms. Like Putana, she changed her form into a beautiful maiden when she wanted to kill Krishna. So she was a horrible looking demon, demoness actually. <laughs> Nobody would go near her. But, uh, but they changed their form. Surpanaka also is an example. Even women have, even women had that power. Usually yogis are all men. They go to the forest and do this. Another important point is uh, Gandhari. She had all these mystic powers just by being chaste to her husband. Very faithful to her husband. She had attained all these siddhis. Um, All these experiences are as common as natural gifts for the inhabitants of those higher planets. They do not require any mechanical help to travel in outer space and they can move and travel at will from one planet to another planet within no time. The inhabitants of the earth cannot move even to the nearest planet except by, mecha- except by mechanical vehicles like spacecraft but the highly talented inhabitants of, of such higher planets can do everything very easily. So what we are struggling to do for the demigods is a totally different ball game. For them it's nothing. They are born with these things. So anyway, so this is real yoga. So these see how wonderful these descriptions. So if one is attracted to these things, it is actually a distraction. The point is, even if he attains all these things, he will still be not peaceful. Still he will not be peaceful. Bhukti, mukti, siddhi, kami. We have uh, touched upon bhukti kame, ordinary material sense gratifiers. Then siddhi, this is siddhi kame, one who likes these things. So this is classified under black magic. No, 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 no. So see, see, see these, these perfections can be achieved by practice in the mode of goodness and practice in the mode of ignorance also, and practice in the mode of passion also. For example. Facebook or social media, they are keeping you on those screens, they are controlling your desires, controlling your movement. This is by way of Rajogun, a big artificial intelligence, psychology experts, machinery, gadgets and all this way. They are doing somewhat similar thing. By more of ignorance, they have worship of, you know, those ghosts and spirits, they also kind of do partially from the mode of goodness these powers exhibit the most power so this is not negative it's positive 
Yeah. Siddhikami is, uh, we are talking about yogis, these are all uh, exceptional powers. Yeah, these are not black magic. But black magic also you can have some of these things to an extent. Not to the extent where you, when you do actual real yoga. So, these appear wonderful, but if one wants to do these things, then that is actually a contaminated. Uh, in fact, for a devotee, it is said, uh, Muni explains in Bhagavatam, I actually forgot the verse number, that a devotee, before he achieves pure love of Krishna, he is awarded all these eight yogic perfections. Only if he is completely unattracted with these things will he be rewarded with the devotional service to the Lord. If he is even slightly attracted to these things, finish. His advancement to devotional life is stunted. He falls down. So, all kinds of uh, tests are put before one can actually achieve to the complete uh, purity of devotional service. In other words, a pure devotee of Krishna already has these eight mystic perfections. Bishakisen. Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Yeah. He could easily counteract the power of Bishakisen, who was a great yogi by black magic. That's a long story, so it's another day. But, uh, so a pure devotee, even another um, example is Durvasamani. That was not black magic, but uh, white magic. So he was, um, he offended Dur- uh, Ambarish Maharaj. Ambarish Maharaj was an ordinary king. He, <laughs> he had no experience in yoga, nothing. But he was a pure devotee of Krishna. So a devotee, a pure devotee has all the powers because he, the Yogeshwar, who is Krishna himself, Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna Yatra Partha Dhanudharaha Tatra Sri Vijaya Bhautir Dhruvanitir Matir Mama. The last verse of the Bhagavad Gita. It is said that wherever Krishna is there, so a pure devotee, Krishna is always there with him. So even though you may say, what pure devotee, what power he has, nothing he has. But Krishna is there with him and Krishna has all the powers. And if somebody likes to, somebody wants to disturb the devotee, then Krishna will use his powers and defeat that upstart. So Durvasamani was defeated. Uh, he wanted to curse Ambarish Maharaj. Um, he wanted to finish him. But uh, Lord released his Sudarshan Chakra. And Sudarshan Chakra was so blazing and Durvasamani was running so fast. Running means not like this, you know, running like Usain Bolt, you know, nine, 9 seconds in 100 meters. He went one year, he went to, he roamed over the whole universe, he went to Brahma Loka, Brahma said, I cannot help you, he ran to Shiva Loka, Shiva said, I cannot help you, he went to Vaikuntha, Vishnu said, I also cannot help you, from my Sudarshan Chakra. <coughs> no, but that is your, your Sudarshan Chakra, no, I cannot help you, sorry. You have to go back, back to the Amrish Maharaj whom you offended, fall down at his feet. If he chooses to excuse you, then this Sudarshan Chakra will leave you, otherwise you are doomed. One year. 
he did all these things and asked them, got no, got another no, got another no, then went to Amrish Maharaj all in one year. <laughs> and Sudarshan Chakra was following all the way and he was getting burnt, the whole back was burnt. He was running as fast as he could. And once he fell down at Amrish Maharaj, Amrish Maharaj being a devotee, he was not proud. He was waiting when this Durvasama, I have offended Durvasamani. Uh, he was angry with me. So he fasted for one year, he fasted. Until Durvasamani returned, he fasted. He did not eat anything for one year. Waiting when my guest uh, will come back. When he came back, when he fell down, then he, no, 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 I have offended you, not, you did not offend me, I offended you. This is a Vaishnava, devotee. So once he excused him, then the Sudarshan Chakra left. So you see how Ambarish Maharaj is, became powerful. Durvasa Muni, biggest yogi, became nothing in front of Ambarish Maharaj. After that, when, because Durvasa Muni learned a big lesson there. Never did he want to again mess around with Vaishnavas. Because Durvasa Muni, he has a peculiar thing. He can very easily be satisfied, very easily be angered also. That is Durvasamani. And if he gets angry, if a slight thing you do is wrong, he gets angry and he will curse you and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So he is like that. So <laughs> next time what happened in the Dwapar Yuga when um, Pandavas were in the forest. So Durvasamani came to Duryodhan palace and Duryodhan was very careful. Very nicely treated him and everything and very elaborate arrangements for him and his 60,000 disciples. Everything was done nicely. And Durvasamani became very, very satisfied. So, he wanted to give benediction. What he want? Then uh, Duryodhan said, I only want one thing. My poor cousins, the Pandavas, they are suffering in the forest. You please go and bless them also. Just as you have blessed me, you bless them also. And Durvasamani said, alright. He went. Duryodhan said, finish. Now these Pandavas are finished. What they will serve these 60,000 disciples? What Durvasamani they are going to serve? Already they are cursed in the forest. They will be further cursed. They will never return to this kingdom. Finish! So then they waited. He waited for the news to come. <laughs> then Durvasamani went to the cottage with his 60,000 disciples. And suddenly Yudhishthira Maharaj said, Yes, please come. And then... So Durvasamani said, I will just take a bath in the river. We all of us will take bath in the river and we will come back. And, uh, and then Yudhishthira Maharaj said, yes, I will prepare all the feast for you. Then uh, they went and Yudhishthira Maharaj did not know what to do. Because you know, nothing, what forest they are in, nothing they can do. But then he remembered, oh, Akshaypatra is there. Because they were the Akshaypatra, you know. The pot in which, you know, you can get whatever you want, food. But... The only catch is that when Draupadi eats in the, uh, for the day, that's it. After that, it cannot. Only next day you can use. So he found out Draupadi already ate and the pot was washed. Now what? Now how? Actually, he was first confident because he said, pot is there, fine. You will go and take bath, all the fish will be ready, he thought. <laughs> and when they went, and he, Draupadi already ate by then. Then they became panicked. What to do? And they remembered Krishna and Krishna immediately came. From where? From nowhere. From Dwaraka, he just came. They thought of Krishna and he came. And he saw in Dakshapatra, you know, there was one small piece of shark, spinach leaf. He just took that and ate. When he ate, 
all the Durvasamuni and 60,000 disciples all became full in their stomach. Suddenly they felt extremely full in their stomach. Then Durvasamuni thought, how will I go to their ashram? And if I don't eat, he must have already prepared 60,000 people meal. I don't know, now if I don't, if I go there and I do not eat, he will be offended. Again, Vaishnava often, he is a big Vaishnava, Yogeshwar Maharaj, I better not go there. I already received one big uh, lesson with Ambarish Maharaj, I will not go there. Or he and 60,000 disciples less left from the river itself. They did not go. <laughs> so, their plan was foiled. So, Durvasamani understood the, you know, power of Vaishnava. So, because why? Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna, Yatra Partha Dhanurdhara. A devotee becomes powerful because Krishna is on his side. Let's take another example. I do not know. Hmm. Yaddo Shuma Pranihitam Guru Bhishma Karana Naptur Trigartha Shalasain very nicely Arjuna has said Great generals like Bhishma, Drona, Karna, Bhurishrava, Susharma, Shalya, Jayadrathan, Bahlika all directed their invincible weapons against me but by his grace, Lord Krishna's grace they could not even touch a hair on my head. Just as the demons could not affect Prahlad Maharaj, the supreme devotee of Lord Narsimadev, with the weapons they used against him. Devotee. He is protected by the Lord. Therefore, he can defeat any yogi. So, a devotee has all the powers. Uh, Muktikami. A person who is Muktikami means he wants liberation from material life. Why he wants liberation? Because he finds the material life is very miserable. So, he wants to be happy. Again, he wants his own sense gratification. He is not interested in the Lord yet. No, 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 this birth and death is very painful. I want liberation. I want to be happy. I want this birth and death. This is also a desire. As long as we are within this bhukti, mukti, siddhikami, we will be ashanta, not peaceful. Krishna bhakta nishkam ataeva shanta. A person who is devotee, he has no desire to fulfill those desires which come to him. Desires will always keep coming. Maya is always there asking, come on, enjoy me. Always inviting. But a devotee, easily, very steadily, he it's not that he is you know, restraining himself and, you know, taping his mouth and shackling himself just to not uh, allow himself to enjoy material life. No, he does not need because of his superior taste in Krishna consciousness, superior enjoyment in Krishna consciousness keeps him away from inferior sense gratification. So, actually materialists think that devotees are great renouncers, greatly self-control. They don't enjoy things, you know. Actually, Devotees enjoy much better than the karmis. <laughs> their, their life is very blissful. 
it is not the, as the karmic thing oh he has left everything you know he has you know no enjoyment nothing they cannot understand that the devotee is enjoying far better than the karmis because why they don't know the supreme the superior taste of devotional service param drishtva nivartate so similarly it is said in today's verse very important verse actually kama kami so all the desires may come another example i will give you one verse by um, this is uh, yamunacharya who is the guru of sri ramanujacharya the great sri sampradaya head so here he says yadavadhi mama chetah krishna padara vinde navana varasadham anyudyatam rantum asit Since my mind has been engaged in the service of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna and I have been enjoying an ever new transcendental humor, whenever I think of sex life with a woman, my face at once turns from it and I spit at the thought. You see, the thought of sex life comes. The mind is always feeding, you know. So, but when that thought comes, my face at once turns from my spit at the very thought. So, he easily rejects such uh, attractions, the temptations. He is not tempted. Why? Because since his mind has been engaged in the service of Krishna's lotus feet. So, by this we can control our mind. In the Bhagavatam, One important thing, although big, big yogis, you know, they have these eight mystic powers, one thing they cannot give up, desire for sex life. That is very, very hard, even for big, big yogis. <clears throat> the attraction of, of a woman is so hard to um, go against. This is the way, but a devotee, he can do it. He can do it. Here, The devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord can very easily overcome hard-knotted desires for fruitive activities. Because this is very difficult, the non-devotees, the jnanis and yogis, although trying to stop the waves of sense gratification, cannot do so. Therefore, you are advised to engage in the devotional service of Krishna, the son of Vasudev. Vishwamitra Muni, big yogi, could not help when Menaka came. Saubhari Muni, big yogi, went underwater. Where, woman, where there will be women in the water, I will go underground, underwater, and do big, big yoga there. And then he saw two fish, uh, having sex and he came out of the water. <laughs> Married 27 <laughs> princesses. <laughs> he went overboard, way too overboard. <laughs> this is this is a yogi. <laughs> he becomes bhogi. Become too much of a bhogi, then you become rogi. A tree, yogi, bhogi, rogi. 
uh, one who control his senses, uh, he is yogi. One who indulges in sense gratification, he is bhogi. And one who indulges too much, he is become rogi. Just like you know, if you get too much uh, sex love, then you become venereal disease. Some AIDS will get rogi. Um, so this way, um, yogis actually end up as rogis uh, because they cannot control their senses. The the rogue, the disease is that bhavarog, the disease of birth and death. That is our real disease. We have to come above that. We have to be cured. Only possible by devotional service to Krishna. Become Shanta when the rivers in the uh, the water in the rivers come to the ocean. They keep on filling the ocean, but the ocean never you know becomes you know bigger and bigger. You get a tsunami on the land. No, you will not get. What is happening? Uh, that is the gravity of the ocean. The gravity of the ocean. That's why it is said that one should become as grave as the ocean. Um, a devotee is as grave as the ocean. But there is a nice example given of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a very strict sannyasi. Very grave. Very, you know, you don't joke around, you know. No, no, no. He's not like that. Uh, cracking jokes. No, no. He's very, very serious. Hmm? But, it is said, just like although the ocean is very grave and very still and, you know, even big, big rivers come into it and it does not get disturbed, agitated and rise. Just remain the same, steady. But, when the moon comes, full moon or the high tide, the ocean is also agitated. Similarly, when the moon of Krishna rises in one's heart, even the grave ocean is agitated. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's feelings for Krishna in great agitation, in separation from Krishna, where he displayed ecstatic symptoms, uncommon ecstatic symptoms, uh, he became stunned, he fainted, his body became so long, the, the joints, these are all very technical symptoms of ecstasy. So, the joints, each joint, everything became so elongated that his body, when he fainted and fell, it was almost like what? Almost 10, 12 feet. So long. All his joints became loose, disconnected. These are symptoms of ecstasy. Uncommon, you don't even, you know, can't even fathom the expressions that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed. If you read especially the Antilila of Chaitanya Charitamrita, you think this is a mad person. What is he doing? He was mad for Krishna. And he was not at all steady. He was completely agitated. Like a madman. Now, this is not ordinary madness. Not like the IMH mental hospital. No. He is mad for Krishna. Hmm. In fact, so much so that he, in his ecstasy, he fell into the ocean with his head, you know, like this, high, eyes wide open. He was just floating in the waters of the ocean and he was still. And the fisherman, he thought it was a ghost. He looked completely out, uh, otherworldly. He did not even look like somebody in this world. That kind of ecstatic, ecstatic symptoms. Wild, he was wild. So these are all agitations of ecstasy uh, because of the moon of Krishna. Very nicely explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But otherwise, 
um, of course this is Mahabhava this is possible for Radharani and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and very exalted gopis usually uh, devotee even though he has bhava ecstatic symptoms he will hide them he will not show off that oh my now my hairs are standing on end you know, now I am chanting my throat is choking up uh, devotee, <laughs> devotee will not he will try to hide he will not try to display all these things somebody is trying to display he is an imposter hmm. because he is uh, he wants to be known as a great, great devotee you know? So, um, the point is that a devotee can control how many ever desires come. He is not a Kama Kami. It is not that he doesn't have a Kama, the Kama does not come. When Kama comes, one should not become a Kama Kami. To desire to fulfill the desires, the desires will come. But if I have a desire to fulfill those desires, that is when I become a materialist. But when the desires keep coming and I don't have an inclination to fulfill those desires, that is the advance, sign of advancement. And that is possible by being established. Sthita Pragna. Sthita Pragna means our intelligence, our mind, our soul, our consciousness should be fixed in the devotional service of Krishna. A solid platform. Krishna's lotus feet are a solid platform on which we can... Um, be completely aloof from this tides of material desires. Hmm. So, we will just look at that verse before we wrap up. Samashritaye padapallava plavam mahat padam punya yasho murare bhavam buthirvatsa padam param padam for those who have accepted the boat of the lotus feet of the Lord, who is the shelter of the cosmic manifestation and is famous as Murari, the enemy of the Mura demon, the ocean of the material world is like the water contained in a calf's hoof print. Their goal is Parampadam, Vaikuntha, the place where there are no material miseries, not the place where there is danger at every step. So the Lotus feet of the Lord are the boat, perfect boat. And devotees take shelter of that boat. Uh, and then what happens? The ocean of material existence become as insignificant as the water in a calf's hoof print. Calf's hoof, you know how small it is. You put some water in that, how much? It doesn't even make a difference. So it does, if the whole dangerous material world where there is every danger at every step not only danger in the sense that we can be killed or we can be but also even in our advancement of devotional life we can be attacked at any moment we can fall down again there is danger of falling back into materialism so uh, this is all very dangerous every step there is danger um, so a devotee who has taken shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna can easily cross beyond all this so these are explained everywhere. So any questions or comments on this topic? Uh, 
No, no, no. Romaharshan Sutta is different, this Lomarsha Muni is different. So when Mataji was uh, is explaining, is mentioning that Haridas Thakur is another example of a completely self-controlled person. So we have discussed that last last week as well. Haridas Thakur, um, Maya came personally, offering all her attractions in personified form. Still, Haridas Thakur was not in the least agitated. So, that is the thing, a devotee is so fixed that Maya comes in the most um, strongest form, is not disturbed. So, in, so, we have to always take shelter of Krishna, then we will not be disturbed by Maya anymore. Hmm. So, anything else? Ah. Not spiritual, spiritual there is no time. Spiritual world there is no time. Not spiritual, heavenly, heavenly planets, time. Spiritual planet there is no time there. Ambarish Maharaj was here. Yeah. Fasting for one year. He was actually fasting for Ekadasi only, waiting for Paran time, breakfast time, you know. So, breakfast time was being finished, going to finish. Um, Durvasamani did purposely, he went to take bath in the river and he did not come. He wanted to wait until the very last moment. Ambarish Maharaj was thinking, I have to, I have to break my fast. But uh, my guest has not eaten. He has not come from the bath. How can I eat before my guest? So, then he asked his uh, Brahmana counsellors, in the court, he was a king. What should I do? My guest has not eaten, so I cannot eat. But the parent time is being finished. Because after Ekadasi, the next day, you have to break the fast. That means you must take the grains within that window of time. Otherwise, your fast is uh, null- nullified. So, he has to take the grains in that time. So, that time was being, the window is being almost finished. Like every Dwadasi we follow, no? Paran time. So, how, what should I do? He asked. Then the Brahmanas, they told him, never mind, you do one thing, you take some water. So that, it is breaking fast and not breaking fast also at the same time. So, you will not be committing any offense to your guest. Uh, so, he took some water. That's it. So, Durva Samani came at that time, when he was taking water. Just to curse him. He wanted to find some fault in Ambarish, he could not find. So finally, he he waited and waited and made make him make that extreme step, and then he came. And then he cursed. Oh, this, for that reason he became so angry. Just imagine. <laughs> he purposely made this, and he became angry for that. And so angry that he wanted to you know he you know he you know one hair he and big demon game all these things you know he wanted to kill him. Hmm? 
భాగవతం హీ కెన్ బి ఆర్డినరీ పర్సన్ సంథింగ్ స్పెషల్ బట్ ఎగ్జాంపుల్ ఇస్ దేర్ దట్ వాట్ హ్యాపన్స్ ఇఫ్ యూ ఫైన్ వైష్ణవర్స్ whoever it is even you know bhishmadev is big mahajan he offended to finish he offended the pandavas by siding duryodhan he also finished so these are all examples so however big we are we offend vaishnavas you know what is that was ayushriyam yasho dharmam lokana asisha eva cha అంతి శ్రేయాంసి సర్వాణి పుంసో మహదతిక్రమ మరియు కింగ్ వెన్ మ్యాన్ ప్రొసిక్యూట్స్ గ్రేట్ సోల్స్ ఆల్ హిస్ బెనడిక్షన్స్ ఆఫ్ లాంజివిటీ బ్యూటీ ఫేమ్ రిలీజన్ బ్లెస్సింగ్స్ అండ్ ప్రమోషన్ టు హయర్ ప్లానెట్స్ విల్ బి డిస్ట్రాయిడ్ సో వి కెనాట్ ఒఫెన్ వైష్ణవర్స్ ఆఫ్కోర్స్ when so called vaishnavas does do something wrong then they have to point out that is there like uh, you know recently we made this video about gorgopal so some devotees are uh, saying that you know you have offended gorgopal you know you offended great vaishnava you have to you know so where what is offense and what is not offense need to be understood by shastra praman uh, what about uh, not speaking about krishna is that not an offense prabhupada ordered that we have to speak strictly about krishna and no compromise in the philosophy so if we disobey that that is not an offense so they don't care um whether they are offending shri prabhupada or not who is the param vaishnav who is the biggest vaishnav without whom we cannot be in the sitting in krishna consciousness today so who is big, what who is which vaishnava is being offended now prabhupada offense that is not even taken into consideration yeah? and somebody is pointing the mistake asking them to correct instead of correcting it saying that oh they are doing vaishnava aparad is vaishnava aparad <coughs> is being completely misunderstood nowadays in fact in iskon it is being used as a tool to cover themselves up <coughs> the gurus can fall down they can have sex with their disciples they can have homosexual they can have be pedophile whatever still you cannot talk about them because they are vaishnava you do anything you are vaishnava aparad this is going on in iskon and then how then the society will just rot and rot and rot nobody will speak up for the truth hmm so truth has to be spoken offense means when there is no mistake or no error on the part of the devotee and if i falsely say that he did something wrong uh, false allegation that is an offense what if something is off track i mean not just accidentally one time off track it is like persistently perennially off track how is that an offense is a deliberate no disobedience it is not by chance okay one time okay maybe it is a mistake fine not only is doing over and over nobody is checking him 
what is going on so these things have to be understood in the proper perspective so with that i would like to conclude so any questions or comments further all right we'll stop here ranchraj shrimad bhagavad gita ki shila prabhupad ki nitai gaur premanandi